What's up guys, welcome to Archive TV. I'm Shane, he's Fletch, and we are back. This time for a concentrate review. Looking at some beautiful rosin. What do we got here, Fletch? It's uh, Moon Glow number two from our own selections. And we did it as like kind of a taste testing for the smoking jack event it that was just held at Archive Portland in, Seattle, in uh, Portland. <laughs> I got, I'm not going to lie, man. That was a pretty sweet event. That was the first one you guys have thrown at that? Yep, exactly. Well, I mean, we didn't really throw it. It's the smoking jacket and the hashish in and their little crew. And they kind of threw the event, and we just provided the space for it. It's a perfect little space there, right, though? Right next to the shop? Yep, exactly. Right next to the store in Portland, uh, in southeast Portland. And we just kind of got our own uh, little compound here. This stuff is absolutely beautiful. Super, super funky nose on it. I mean, gorgeous color, nice cake frosting, little batter consistency to it. It almost looks like lip balm. It's so smooth and consistent. Yeah. Yeah, the Moon Glow is Moomba 112 F2 crossed, or excuse me, it's just Moomba 112 crossed with the Planet Purple F2. So Planet Purple F2 number 144 male crossed with Moomba 112. Going on the Focus V. Yeah, I've been liking that thing. I'm not gonna lie, I've been using the Puffco at home. Puffco After using too. this thing for a couple days, I'm thinking about switching over. I think they both work pretty good. I like the 3D chamber on the Puffco, works pretty good. I like the display on this one though. The display is pretty key. <laughs> it's a little easier to deal with the operations because Puffco has the app only for dialing in all the stuff and I don't know about you guys, but I don't like having to get onto my phone to do everything in my life. So if every everything has a little, at least a knob or an adjustable thing on it so I don't have to go looking for my phone, then it's a little easier for me at least. But I don't think that's necessarily an issue for most people. Nowadays. I feel like the stock attachment hits a little bit better on this one too. I, I think you get more air through this one. And the Puffco is a little bit more restricted. It's got more of like a chundle or a rumble to it. It kind of rumbles in your hand when you're more hitting like it. a bong, yeah. and less like a recycler. Yeah. And I'd say the the Puffco is a little bit more recycler ish. Yeah, I like it absolutely. <coughs> absolutely coats your mouth with flavor. Um, super super thick on the palate. I get like a. Guava, Skittles, Tropical. Yeah, I was almost thinking like just the cushy thing. Not the smell of a regular red Skittles pack, but what's the weird one they got like the light blue or the or the green? Tropical or Skittles the tropical is the blue pack. one. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting off that. Yeah, where you just take a handful of those and throw them all in your mouth at the same time. Flavors like this sometimes I have a hard time separating. Like what's what's the actual note that I'm mm -hmm. that I'm detecting there it's more just like oh this is super floral or oh, this is on super tropical we've been smoking a lot of these like really terpy tropical little bit more exotic type stuff on mm -hmm. this trip I think the market has been asking for a lot of that yeah and like not the same stuff like that too you know what I mean like not just lemon cherry gelato type yeah fruity tropicalness and not a tangy too. Like a lot of people consider tangy more of like a tropical. When I think tropical, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm thinking something that's like much more of a 
of a, of a cleaner, like a, almost like a morning dew refreshingness type type. I flavor. get like a blue Skittles Windex flavor on this. Like you know when you spray Windex and it just leaves that smell. Mm-hmm. It's weird sometimes when I smell something, but it's fruity it's, and skittly too at the same time. The, it, there are there certain smells that more so remind you of a feeling than a particular something else that smells like that? Yeah. I guess, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of what I'm getting with this one. This this strain reminds me of early morning, you know? Well, they say the um, sense of smell is most closely tied to memory and produces the most vivid memories of all your senses. So when you see something familiar, it's like deja vu. Feels a little bit weird, you can't quite put your foot on it, right? Takes a minute to try to think of what it is. You feel something similar and you're like, well, what was that that felt like velvet yeah. or something soft? But when you smell something, your brain immediately goes, that's where you were. Right <laughs> you were here at this time, smelling or tasting. It reminds you of this person. It reminds you of this place. Like for you, that you just said, it uh, reminds you of like morning time. Don't that know happened why. to me just the other day. I sm I was somewhere, and I think I smelled an old lady's perfume. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of this girlfriend I had in high school, the way her house always smelled. Because it must have been her mom used the same perfume or some shit, you know? So I just, like, walked by, and I caught that whiff, and then immediately my brain was transported back to when I was 15 years old or whatever. You oh, know and it's I mean? a vivid memory. Yeah. It's, like, it's like you just walked in the door, and you're like, what? wait, where am I again? Yeah. <laughs> I could see them eventually having some kind of, you know, like a sensory deprivation type thing. Mm -hmm. like any type of those things that you can do that kind of like accentuate or isolate a certain sense. Mm -hmm. I could see them doing some weird shit in the future with smell related stuff. Well, I mean, like we already do it. Aromatherapy. Yeah. That's kind of basically what that is. Is they take all these different herbs or smells and mix them together and they make you feel a certain way. Yeah. And then if you have a personal memory of like, let's say... You grew up in Australia and smelling eucalyptus trees, or even Santa Barbara, like where I grew up. That's why I was thinking it was because eucalyptus trees, whenever I smell them, I think of growing up in Santa Barbara. Just because there's lots of eucalyptus trees there and they have a distinct smell. It smells like, in this case, California to me, but it's an Australian tree. Yeah, it's weird what you can do with smell. And then there's like the smelling salt thing, you know what I mean? Like, like what, smelling salt. What is that? You know, I like the crazy those, smelling salts? Yeah, like, yeah, that what? I think is different. That's where it's like... Uh, it's like a chemical that like burns your nose, and because it like, uh, like is so um, has like such a it's strong like a reaction, yeah, that it like makes people feel like they're like awake. Yeah, which I get, but it's like that's like, have you ever been sleeping? You ever like put something on the stove and it started burning because you were like kind of falling asleep on the sofa, and you smell like something cooking, like it start like baking something. That'll, that'll and it wake you up. And it wakes you up. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh. wait, I I was cooking something. Oh shit, I know I forgot something in the oven, you know. And that probably goes back and you, to And then you go in there and your fucking banana bread's black, you know, and you're like, "Oh fuck." I think that's a primitive thing, you know, it's an evolutionary thing. The guy who didn't wake up quick enough to get out of the way of the wildfire yeah. and just died in the fire and everybody yeah, else who smelt it and woke up passed on those genes. You know? Yeah, there's definitely certain smells that'll wake you up that's for sure smoke being one of them um or just like water in your face when you're sleeping just there's certain things and i think smelling salts is another one of those things where it creates a 
heavy reaction. That'll wake you up. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I mean, a lot of people have that reaction to some types of cannabis. I mean, that's why with cannabis, you get the skunk smell and stuff even. I wonder if, if we didn't smell like anything, but all the, the flavors and the turps were just as present when you smoke it. I wonder if we would, I wonder if we'd be as into it just for the high and the flavor. I know I wouldn't. You would think that those should be the two most important things, right? You're smoking this to get high. Does it get you high? How is the high? Clean high. You want it to taste good, right? Otherwise, why not just buy some cheap shit? So flavor. But to me, I feel like the nose might be (coughs) the number one indicator. For me, I feel like if I smell something and I love the nose off it right away, I can rarely think of a time that I then smoked it and didn't like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... um... I, th- I think it's like food. Do I need to eat and will I eat canned beans if that's all I have available? And that's all, I, I'm in the middle of the woods and all I got is canned food and I, there's no other source of food? Yeah, I'll gladly eat it and think it tastes great. But if you actually gave me a choice to have spices and salt and maybe be able to spice up my beans or even have a grocery store to go to, I guarantee you I'm not going to be eating canned beans after that. I'm going to be really sick of it. And so I kind of think it's like that. It's like if you really enjoy getting high, then, yeah, maybe any kind of weed will work through certain periods or times. But if I'm given the option or the choice, I'm probably definitely going to take advantage of that choice. I mean, me personally, if I don't have good herb around or it's, I know there's there's herb around, but I don't know where it came from, tastes like hay or something, I don't, I don't smoke. I'd rather not smoke on vacation in a foreign country than be out there looking for shitty weed to smoke just so I can be high. I don't care about being high that much. I I think I would enjoy the cannabis plant just as much. Um, if it didn't even get you high. If it didn't high. even get you high. It just had all the same characteristics. You could smoke it, like say it was like more like, not more like tobacco, but more like tobacco on the public's perception level that the high it gets you isn't enough to be illegal yeah. at any point. So this was just another plant that people grew and it was like tobacco or something. If it had all these same smells and flavors, I think I would still be just as into this. Because I don't just, like I got into weed because I was into orchids when I was like a, you know, 10, oh, 12, really? 13, 14. Yeah, and I was always into plants growing lots of tomatoes and I'd go make, you know, cuttings off of trees and plant them in the yard and shit. Just when I was a kid. There's nothing to do. I grew up in the middle of the woods. So, you know, bonsai trees, all that kind of stuff was all super interesting to me, even if I didn't do it, right? So as soon as I had the opportunity to, I went and did it, and then I realized cannabis was like the most useful plant. You know, I read uh, um, Jack Hare's Emperor Wears No Clothes, or Emperor Wears No Clothes, or whatever the the title is, and was like, wow, it's the most useful plant. And as soon as I started smoking weed, I got access to strains like Dog Shit, Albert Walker, all these really unique varieties. So I was immediately just like interested in the plant. Yeah. I knew probably more about growing and smoking weed than most people did before I ever even smoked weed. Cause I was just interested in the plant. So I was like on overgrow and cannabis before I smoked reading about it. (laughs) That's nuts. I I don't know anybody. I've met tens of thousands of people that smoke the way we yeah. do. I don't know anybody who was into weed before they smoked. Yeah, cuz I was interested in the plant. I was on orchid forums and stuff too, so I would like pop on the internet and this is, you know, late 90s early 2000s and I wanted to know about weed. And for some reason there was like this other thing like all right, my dad is like 
he went to lots of Grateful Dead concerts and stuff like that, but he's not super hippie. He's just like a dude that smoked weed, went to college, went to Arizona State, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But he had lots of like awesome records, you know, so Grateful Dead, uh, Black Sabbath, Bob Marley, all that stuff. So as a kid, I was just always exposed to that music. And when I was like 12 or 13, I was like, you know, I had this one game on the Mac computer I'd play. <laughs> and I don't even remember what it was. It was just some stupid game because I was bored. But I'd be listening to Grateful Dead. I didn't even smoke weed. I was like 12, and I was like jamming out to Europe 72, just stoked on Sugar Magnolia. <laughs> you know, I, I was like being primed to be a hippie. I never really became one, right? But there was just the material around to be influenced by it. And at that time, Still too. Exposed to it. Yeah, and, and at that time, too, the like. So there was like the American or Old Glory magazines that used to have. Uh, alien t-shirts and like tie-dye t-shirts and you know black light posters and mushroom posts like, i was really mm. into mushrooms too like i really just thought mushrooms were cool i didn't really know about the psychedelic part of them yet i just thought mushroom like black light posters were cool <laughs> and i you know I, I was aware of drugs and 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 the stuff but i just kind of was into that shit you didn't anyways. know why the people who had that stuff and were into that stuff around you you didn't know why they liked it no you know? i didn't not when i was like yeah. 11 12 listening grateful dead and listening to black sabbath albums and just listening to the music but not really under because like rural virginia there's nowhere to learn about it from so as soon as like late 90s hit and i could get on the internet a little bit aol dial up and shit I started looking at it, at, at all that stuff, you know, and then, you know, my parents split up and then my dad ended up in Seattle. So I'd go out there and then we'd have even better internet there and I could like look up a lot of stuff in a short period of time. Um, and then I moved out there like a year after that, you know. That's a trip. I bet you people, a lot of people would be surprised, people who see how much we smoke, mm -hmm. you know, to know that you would still smoke even if it didn't get you high and to know that like some if you can't get access to good weed you'd rather just not smoke at all yeah people think that if you smoke as much as we do it's because you're just a fiend for getting high they don't understand how much of an actual appreciation there is for the nuances and mm -hmm. if it and how if it's not you know if it's not top quality it's just not interesting it just yeah. doesn't get me excited at all you know? yeah i didn't i didn't try smoking weed until i was a junior in high school Wow. And I'd probably had been exposed to it since like eighth grade. Like like uh brick weed on the East Coast, seeing some of my friends like Biff's brother or uh his cousin that was all my friends, they were smoking brick weed and shit back then. But I saw what they had and I was just like I don't get it. You you're know, seeing like, pictures of other shit on the internet. And you're like, this doesn't yeah, look like the same well, thing. Even, even before I had, even when I was like younger, like eight or eighth grade, because I, I was a year ahead in school too, so I was like a year younger. So I was like maybe 12 or something when I, first time I'd seen weed actually. And uh, it was, just didn't look appealing, you know? And, and so, and I was, I was kind of into school and sports anyway. So I didn't really like look, see weed a bunch of times in between like say 12 or 15 Maybe saw it a couple times, never looked appealing, didn't sound appealing. And then by the time I was like 15, it was like kind of interested in it now. And I was like, well, then I then the internet had like kind of really, you know, but the difference between like 1996 or 1997 on the internet and 2001 or two. It's a big difference. Pretty huge. Yeah. The proliferation of forums and all that stuff just in that five year period was massive. And like the, in you there wasn't a lot in the mid 90s 
unless you were really kind of technologically sa uh, savvy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a trip to think about how much things have changed since then and how much of that aspect has kind of been lost, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now that everything is like so commercialized, you lose that, that the thrill of the chase and discovering things and meeting people and it was so hard to find somebody else who might have something great that you didn't have and it was exciting to be able to swap stuff and mm -hmm. now it's just like, man... Where, where is that? And that's what's been kind of cool about to see like an event like this well, or more mm -hmm. doing more things like this is is that would be the number one goal is to try to bring that part of the culture. Well, try to put some culture back into yeah. the industry. You know what I mean? It was the lack of access to information back then that made you excited at any opportunity to get some access to information. So like even when I was like 14 and hadn't tried smoking weed yet, but I'd go to like Barnes and Noble. And I'd be there with my family and we'd all be like looking at books. Well, I was really into cars. So my mom and dad always knew I'd go like to the magazines and go look at all the car magazines. But I'd see the High Times thing there and I'd like grab one and then put it inside of a automotive magazine. And like flip through it. I hadn't smoked weed yet, but I was like interested. There was yeah. nowhere, when you're 14, the internet's not really like, hasn't really blossomed. Like the difference between when I was 14 and 17, the amount of information on the internet about weed was huge. It was a huge difference. So I like first even was interested just getting like a high times and, and trying to sneakily look at it while no, you know, kind of holding it up like this in the like little uh, magazine aisles and read through it and then like throw it back on the shelf while no one's looking. Even not trying to get stuff on the internet, doing it as a kid on the Absolutely. sneak back then was hard because between that gap you're talking about, that four year gap, that's the difference between AOL, your mom can hear you from the other room, mm -hmm. ring, ring, ning, 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 the whole thing fucking dialing up. Exactly. To DSL and you're just connected all the time. You know? Exactly. So yeah, it's uh, the evolution is crazy, man. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm nice and stone. I mean, as far as my personal well, taste testing goes of that one, I'm a fan. Well, and we're, you know, that's what we're talking about. It's, the availability of like the old information is there, so we have to create new shit that's interesting. Yeah. And like a lot of that's going to be in the breeding and in the just m doing new processes, everybody with their different hash processes or new product ideas or whatever it is. That's what's going to keep this interesting and then providing the space and opportunity for people to learn about it, get interested in it, and experience it. And that's what really accelerates the evolution of everything moving forward. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the whole industry advancing and all the little niche parts of it advancing as well. Exactly. You know? The more we hoard all that stuff, the, the slower, you know, the advancements are for everybody and the longer we got to wait for the benefits, you know? We were just talking the other day about how, just how far growing has come in the past 15 years and how even the best growers compared to nowadays, 15 years ago, didn't really know how to grow much of anything at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? And... Nowadays, it's like you can, you can, like we were talking about the other day, you can grow strains that you, you know, people used to stay away from. And if you actually put the work into them and you dial them in, you can be that guy, you know? You can be the only one growing a really hard to grow strain that everybody wants to smoke. Yeah. And that's, that's and a good I, place to be. I respect that. That's personally. a good ass place to be. Yeah. It's going to be cool to see when, when, the market is set up in a way to be able to fill, you know, the demand for those. And reward Super those high people products. that are willing to do that. Yeah. Because it's, uh, you know, the the desire for that type of thing is out there. And there are people that recognize the intrinsic value and the extra work that does go into do some of these things. And the some difference. of these different processes, some of these different cultivars. And, you know, people would recognize that and be willing to pay more for it, I think. The difference of the experience is, like we said, I don't smoke cannabis 
for anything but that experience personally. I know other people are just trying to get high and that's all good too. But for me, it's like, I'm not just eating to eat to sustain. I'm trying to eat the best food and the best dishes and have the most widest experience of food I can while I'm still on this earth. Guy Fieri of this bitch. <laughs> Bam! <coughs> well, that being said, I think it's time for us to bid adieu. See you guys on the next one. Choo. Peace.